0: podcast in this podcast we connect with top business leaders influencers and experts to share their experiences and knowledge these special guests will disrupt your thinking proving that anything is possible and help you on your own journey and now here's your host oliver burton
1: hello and welcome to another edition of Informal meets and today i'm joined by jess wilkinson who founded Petal PR in 2015. Hi, Jess.
0: Hello, thanks for having me.
1: Welcome. With everything that's going on in the world at the minute, not just with the global pandemic, it is more important than ever to manage yours and your business's public relations, both internally and externally, whether things are going well or not so well. This short podcast will give you food for thought and provide you with some top tips. So very quickly, before we get going, let's learn a little bit about you, Jess. So talk to us about Petal.
0: So we set up in 2015. Um, I'd like to take credit for the idea, but it was actually a client's idea. Um, So I was working at um, a global agency uh, leading the corporate team in in Manchester, and I'd worked with a client for a a number of years, and, and he started saying, you should do this yourself, we, we'd back you and uh, you know there's, there's really there is there's room in the market for um, a niche player that that focuses on on corporate and b2B. so I didn't have that big leap of faith moment that some people have when you kind of day one making phone calls and, and wondering where where your work's coming from. so after a few as you can imagine slightly tricky conversations um, in, in leaving my previous employer but but getting everything out out in the open there. Um, I started with this this one client, which was essentially a full time job for me anyway. In in mid two thousand and fifteen, and what was what was really important to me when I'd worked in in other agencies, you you across a really broad portfolio and you kind of a little bit at arm's length with clients. Um, and what we wanted to do differently was kind of have one foot in the client and and one foot as an agency that's independent. So. We did that by spending time actually in clients' offices, working really closely with them as a team. I know everyone says that that we're, you know, you're part of the team as an advisor, but we've really been able to do that because of our shape and size. Um, so yeah, that was five years ago. Um, since then, we've we've grown to to five people, and and thankfully more than than that one client as well. Um, and we do and work with the clients. There.
1: The range the range of clients, obviously, um, Forbes are a client yeah so professional services where
0: else yeah so that's something else we've been quite fussy on um it's about a profile of client more than a sector so we we like to work with ambitious businesses that are are going for growth um, and that are good good quality businesses with their own product or, or service offering and then they're typically fast growth owner managed businesses they might be private equity backed and then also the advisor and funding community around that as well so that that's that market
1: okay great so and i guess just just taking um so people fully understand what what falls under PR and public relations yeah. Um i think people might just think it's you know newspapers or yeah. the media you know what what does it cover what's the spectrum of
0: yeah, so we talk in terms of communications rather than PR, but I guess PR is the more um, identifiable badge that, that people do think about. So a lot of what we do is raising clients' profile in, in the media, um, but a range of media, so your, your traditional... Um, Yes, newspapers and your trade industry press, um, but also broadcast and digital channels increasingly. Um, That that's not new, but I guess what is new is is how that's become even more of a focus in in recent months. Um, But then also, you know, events, um, wider digital, social media comms. It's it is quite a broad and an internal as well. Um, It is a, a really broad range.
1: And I think just, I've always been um, a big ambassador of managing your own PR as a person. And obviously you managed yours really well at the time for for Petal to be established and for your own business as well. But I think it's so important to get that right for yourself and for the business, isn't it? Yeah. Whether it's you're in that crisis mode or whether you're in uh, proactive growth mode. And I think if we then, I guess, move on a little bit to where we are in the current climate there's so much going on in the world not just with the pandemic yeah um but we've talked about within within our business about what what communications do we need one internally to keep engagement to keep people informed of what's going on so people know we're in control and, and to give that confidence in business but also externally to make sure we maximize new opportunities there will also be businesses on the other end of that spectrum that are thinking things aren't going so well mm. how do we manage this process or negative pr or um someone said something um in the media and they've not thought about what they've said and it's all got blown out of proportion you've got a full range within there haven't you of things that you're you're covering and you're supporting helping with
0: yeah and i think that's the most important thing to say because i know we are going to go into some some tips and, and general considerations but it really has to be completely bespoke and unique to your organisation uh, or, or to you as an individual. So that's whether you're telling a good story or whether you're managing a negative story, it has, has to be authentic. I know that word gets bandied around a lot, um, but it just won't work and it won't resonate with your audiences if it's not. Um, I think what's really unique about where we are now, so I've managed issues and, and crises for organisations over the years, but typically it's happening to that business and or maybe to their industry it's never before to this extent been also happening to all of those audiences and and everybody involved so everybody's being impacted so you've not only got to think about what's the right message for the business to communicate but you've really got to think about you know, how your audience's habits have changed, What, how sensitive they are to different types of news and, and what they're going to hear. So it's really complicated. Um, but the worst, almost the worst thing you can do is just to put, put your head down at a time like this. It is about strong leadership and it is about open and transparent communication. Mm-hmm. And the businesses that get that and that raise the um, voice at this time, they will have a competitive advantage in the long run.
1: And I think that's it, isn't it? Because there's, um, we're in a really interesting time in terms of what news is featuring through. You know, if you open a newspaper or you look online, news has really shifted over the last 10 weeks. And, you know, you've seen a lot of um, media really jumping on things which historically could have been a non-event. Yeah. they quite excitable about things because there isn't as much. Or yeah. then really overbaking other things. Mm. Um, as well and you're just managing those expectations if you take if you take the coronavirus now there are so many varying views of people yeah. on what is the right thing to do the wrong thing to do have the government done this fantastically well or have they not have they you know everyone's got their own opinion and views yeah if you don't have one or make one mm. then you're not going to be heard and you're not going to be you know you're not going to be found within any of that noise
0: exactly that and i think it's also about supporting your stakeholders as well I think we you know whether whether that is your customer base you know what are they looking for is it to be entertained is it to be educated do they need to be informed and and supported or or wider stakeholders so you you trade associations your own industry what what's been different about um this experience as well is that we've seen organizations really collaborating and sharing what would Otherwise, be quite. You know, sort of behind the scenes information, so quite commercially sensitive information. Because it's a shared challenge across the sector, um, we, we work with a restaurant group, and and they we we did a trade piece for for them earlier this week, and it shared their plans, but you know everything about how they're going to to reopen, and and that that wouldn't have happened previously. You don't kind of open open the bonnet to to show your competitors that. But I think there is a a real appetite and a thirst for sharing the the best learning from different people.
1: They just got appetite and thirst,
0: <laughs> and it wasn't intentional.
1: <laughs> but that's why you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, and I guess similar thing to that is where you've had you know some of the big change showing you how to make some of their classic meals at home and things, knowing yeah. well that it's not going to stop people going. So I, just let's be really specific now in terms of the economy and the environment that we find ourselves in. So every business has now really had to think about their comms and that flips you straight into crisis mode and crisis mode doesn't necessarily mean negative yeah it's crisis mode in terms of the way of handling something isn't it the speed and the agility that you need so it's not crisis necessarily negative it's just crisis is in disaster planning
0: exactly that most of it's about clarity Yeah.
1: yeah so in terms of that crisis mode talk to us about what you're seeing with with your clients and, and what happened yeah. during those those weeks. yeah
0: so i'll i won't dwell on on the last few months too much but i think what we've seen is is a similar pattern but probably just happening at a different pace depending on what what sector you're in and, and how strong a business was going into this um there was an immediate response mode where everybody had to respond to their audiences to you know to explain plans around business continuity to talk to their people about what was going to happen and to you know because organisationally people were going through a lot of change and setting up working from home that that kind of thing mm-hmm. and that was when you, we all got 8 million statements into our inbox from everyone we've ever bought anything from and every restaurant we've ever been to explaining what, what they were were doing.
1: And I haven't um, clicked unsubscribe as many times in.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that that was the mode that everyone everyone clicked into and and it's worth saying most people weren't geared up to be able to, that's why we got the mass audience um you know we sort of booked a restaurant somewhere last year and, and they're telling you what what they're doing um but because they just they didn't maybe have that crisis planning in place of, as to what you would do in this scenario
1: i think to be fair that we you know i think we're really good at uh you know crisis planning and disaster recovery planning and but I didn't have virus written down as one of yeah. my as one of my things. So it's a new world for everyone, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it was still better at that point to, you know, shouldn't make light of getting all of those statements. To to say something was was better than being invisible at, at that point. But there was only so much we could say. So it was that immediate response. And then, then what we started to see was people start to um, put out communications which was more around reputation management. So it was given a bit more detail as, as government schemes um, were announced, then some businesses shared, you know, that they were furloughing teams or, or how um, that they were applying, applying for loans or calling out for more support for their, their sector uh, and their business um so we we started to see a, a phase of that as people really started to get the plans in place and and we had a little bit more of a framework as to to what what the future might look like. And then we start we went into what's actually a really exciting phase for most businesses, and certainly the the companies we work with, which is we started to see organizations reimagining what they do, um mm-hmm. rethinking their sector. we you know we've seen sort of high profile examples of of people immediately pivoting to takeaways and if you had been a, a restaurant previously or manufacturers looking at how they could change what they're producing on um production lines to respond to, to the crisis this is
1: where the entrepreneurial spirit kicks in isn't it of how do we how do we survive and how do we thrive through it?
0: absolutely and there's there's been some amazing innovation that's that's come out of that and at pace um, you know, i was speaking to a business yesterday and they've done in, in the last two months what would have normally taken them two months to get through, uh, two years to get through development they've 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 done it in um, in two months and just been able to to really focus on that. So that's exciting. And also I think that's happening on a on a wider sector level as well. It's not just just for each individual business. People are thinking, you know, do we need to to be set up in offices in the same way? Do we do we need to have meetings in the same way? So that's been really exciting. And and again, that is so important as you're going through that process to have strong pr plans in place because if you're looking at new products or a new sector you need to be able to communicate that and it's it's a really um it's a really powerful and, and cost-effective way to to have a new to create a new route to market i guess there's
1: no um, point in imaging though if you don't
0: tell anyone no exactly that and i mean there's a, there's other marketing channels you, you can use isn't there but if it particularly if it's a new sector that you're um entering into you want to go where your audiences are so so make sure that you're shouting about your organization in in their uh, publications Um, and I think some then from there we're seeing some businesses that then are in that recovery and some you know some people some sectors are doing well out of it it's the if you look at some areas of e-commerce that's absolutely booming Um, and others are in more of a a recovery mode in this so adding with the new services adding new business on or starting to rebuild pipeline and 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 working towards the future Um, but yeah we've seen everybody follow that similar pattern just at a different pace depending on what their industry is
1: yeah so just talking through those kind of headlines so it's that what's your response how do you manage your reputation through it then how do you reimagine and reinvent if you need to, and how do you find the way through through the channels? And then you are in that recovery mode. Yeah, the recovery mode doesn't just mean negative; it's positive recovery yeah. as well as yeah. from a negative place and then any relaunch. So then, where do, where do we then move to from from that place?
0: Yeah. So I think it. Again, it's back to your audiences. It's really thinking, where are they?" and, and where are they now? Because um, a lot of organizations, particularly in business-to-business um, sectors which, which we predominantly work in, um, they you know there's a lot of face-to-face business development, events, networking, um, trade shows, awards all of these things have, have been, been shelved. So it's really thinking about those channels and how you get to your audiences now. Um, readership figures of a lot of online publications and certainly social media all of the stats are are through the roof because we're all glued Mm. to a screen for 16 hours a day Um, and some some of those things that you've done previously can be replicated in a digital world so you might be doing online events that that kind of thing Mm. but otherwise i think it's looking at your whole of marketing business development spend and thinking is it is it placed within those those channels? You really need that digital visibility through your own website and across other other outlets to, to be seen now.
1: And so if if consumers, and I talk quite a bit in our place about consumers being more discerning than they've ever been, yeah. but it's not now that the consumers are just more discerning than they've ever been, they're more technologically advanced than they've mm-hmm. ever been. We've seen people who've never heard of Zoom now doing yeah. Sunday night Zoom quizzes, attending church through Zoom on a Sunday morning I've been. You know, Spanish lessons or whatever through yeah. media that they've never, ever had before. So if, yeah. if the, the consumer world has become more discerning, do you see from where we are now and, and the shift that everyone's had to do is now having some longevity in a, a massive shift in the whole way that the communications world needs to, to evolve?
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And we've talked about it for a decade in our sector about how the world is digital, but there's, in truth, there's been some audiences that, mm. that haven't been there. I mean, you talked before about predictions you couldn't have, have made for, for 2020. My dad did a Zoom Pilates class with us. That's something I would have never, <laughs> honestly, I would have thought you were... Um, uh, <laughs> we I not your dad
1: doing Pilates or both. Both. Both.
0: <laughs> <It> just <laughs> he's a he's a straight talking Yorkshire man. I didn't think that, that would be. Uh, but I I, I, this lockdown. Yeah, exactly that. And I think I only give that example because but even certain sectors, there there are some industries where they just haven't yes, the technology's been there, but we haven't we haven't been using it, we certainly haven't been maximising it. And there's still been, you know, you'll still talk to some people um and they say we do all of our business face to face we do it through our own networking and it's and that, that's how we'll um we reach our audience and they've not been able to do that so yes we've been able to replicate it to to an extent with with the support of tech but also then it has opened other people's eyes to actually there's all of these other channels uh, that we can consider as well to to get our message out there
1: yeah, absolutely. And I just, in that evolution, people have been, just been forced to do it, haven't they? Yeah. And it, it is here to stay. So, yeah, I guess then, if, if those channels have moved and changed, um, I think there's still an education piece for people as well, so they get better at it. How, how do you then, we touched before about how you've got to have a view and you've got to make an opinion to actually stand out within the noise. Yeah. Or, or everyone now trying to pile into that space. How do you make yourself stand out in in all that haze and and force how do you how do you yeah. actually hit the right people and
0: yeah, so it is different for every business, but it could it does start with the same process, so it is really being looking internally first and thinking, what is it about our service or product that what and what are the buyer behaviors of of our audiences? And, and you need to work backwards from, from there. Um, so there's lots of different tactics you can use. So thought leadership, you, you mentioned there, or expert commentary. They're kind of the tools that we've got, but the most important thing is the, what do you stand for and what are you going to say? Mm-hmm. If you're a manufacturer, we, we work with a, um, a cleaning product manufacturer. It is it is really product led. Most of what we do is this is a better product to buy than that product and it, it's um, that's that's the message. But also their people have got deep expertise that they've that in the sector. They do loads of training. They've got and and actually that's the value add. Otherwise it is just that's a bit cheaper mm-hmm. than that one or it takes another box. Mm-hmm. So all of the campaigns and the content we'd come up with for them is around their know how, their expertise because that's their their point of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's about really being honest with yourself about your own business and and where that is. Um, because you know we talked about the before there people who say well we sell face to face people buy our people if people buy your people they need to be profiled they need to be out there because that same buyer behavior will be replicated in through other channels uh, mm. you can only fit so many meetings in in your diary a week anyway so have the pr coverage and content out there working hard for you in the meantime
1: so how, how often do you see um boring campaigns or boring kind of releases which when it lands on an editor's desk or um you know if you're pushing it out through social media you know it doesn't get the likes or the clicks or whatever else how often do you see that
0: too often (laughs) um it's it's not it's not easy to create content that stands out because there is kind of a template out there i guess that people that people replicate Um, Again, that's about, and I think this, this is something we have a real skill in doing when we get to know a business, it's, it's scratching to get that to that magic. What is, you know, if you look at a professional services firm versus another, we've done exercises where you can go through some and you can't, if you take the brand away, it sounds like the same business, they're Mm -hmm. describing themselves in, in the same way. But when you speak to people there and when you speak to their clients and when you understand the... Um, you know, the sector specialisms that they might have, that's where you find the real magic and it becomes obvious what clients buy into. And so it's, I would say it's about making sure that shines through everything you do. So it might be a standard press release of, you know, a new appointment or a new contract win, but rather than just writing the same one that the five people have written before, it's about really making sure that messaging comes across. It's an
1: opportunity to sell other things, isn't it? Why? Yeah. Right. so we're talking a lot about the, the positive steps you can take to, yeah. to get your products or get your people out there what about when the proverbial hits the fan you know or you are in that that moment of um things aren't going well things aren't great mm. um you know and and how do you manage that as a protest? because unfortunately some visitors through this time are going to be struggling yeah and aren't going to be coming up for air because they're just so busy trying to keep things going
0: yeah
1: it's so important to get this right isn't it
0: it really is and we've we've seen some high profiles of, of villains emerging haven't we in the media um that, that get kind of put up as as bad examples i think your ideal your sort of perfect scenario would be there's a plan and an approach beforehand we it, it's worth saying that's not often the case but you've got a crisis plan in place so you at least know who needs to be involved in the conversation coming up with a response and the steps that you'd, you'd go through to address those and key messages um once you get that or you know it might be a journalist inquiry coming in or something's happened that you feel could could escalate um it's about controlling what the message is um again that sometimes the right thing to do is is to not say anything but you still do need to have gone through that process to make sure that that's something that feels like the right commercial decision it's rarely the case actually that saying nothing at all is is um is the best approach but it might just be a not right now and and you know we need to get more information or there's something sensitive and we we'd, we'd put statements out at, at a later date and i
1: think just just of you know quickly in terms of the statements that you put out i think what's quite key is the person who um, is feeling the most emotional at that point in time typically isn't the best person to give that quote. Absolutely. That message out.
0: Yeah. And, and to challenge it because particularly if it's a business owner or a business leader, you quite rightly are so protective of what you've built that you feel you feel under attack. And so actually you you you're almost only seeing the the positive and you're thinking rather than saying, what is the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that could be said around this issue? And really interrogating that. And uh, that, that's where you need to start with, with crisis planning is, you know, get all of the skeletons out of the closet, anything that's going on, and then take all of that into consideration to come up, come up with a, a plan from there.
1: And the one thing um, that never goes down well is if the media finds out before your staff.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. So from and
1: internal comms point of view, you know you, you guys obviously give a lot of support with the internal messaging as well
0: mm. yeah yeah and i think that goes for good and bad news um you know and it's it's right across the board i think you you really do need to be communicating with your own employees first and foremost um we've seen horrible examples in the media of people seeing redundancy announcements out in the press before they've they've had any internal yeah. uh, communications um but also by having by doing a statement in, internally first, it does give you a chance to to test a little bit response and and maybe even gather even gather some more insights and more information um, they team they the part of it and they're the ones that live and, and breathe the brand so it's it's so important to do that not just from a kind of ticking ticking the hr box but but making sure that it's it's then genuine communications by the time you're speaking to the external world but the problem is if you do get a journalist inquiry people do kick into panic mode and it's oh no we've, we're going to lose control so we just need to deal with this journalist and a journalist making that type of inquiry will be very persistent um, you know we, we've managed situations where They'll, they'll turn up at a, at a workplace or they'll, they'll, you know, contact staff on social media. So that, again, is why it's so important to make sure everybody's briefed. If it's someone picking up the phone in, you know, a factory at a different site, that they need to know that they might get these calls and what to do with them.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I guess just before we move on to some kind of um, some takeaways for people and some kind of uh, your top tips, if we can term it as that. Yeah. Um, just through. You know managing the communications process and the um the shop window if you will of, of the individual or the business is there anything else which you feel that people just need to be really really aware of or they need to um you know, manage
0: i think another thing to think about now is again it's probably something that we've talked about as an industry for many years but doesn't always happen that well, is thinking about how you really integrate with your sales and business development function. So rather than running a communications campaign over here and crossing your fingers and hoping that it might generate some leads and and some awareness, is making that those things are really tightly knitted together yeah because i think that measurement of everything positive and and managing rep sort of your reputation management uh, in terms of keeping evaluating that that's that's going to be key we've all quite rightly become more obsessed with with metrics in in recent months um and there's there's no room for for error so i think that really having a handle as for us as as consultants but also for business owners to think what will any return on investment be? It will be that you know we maintain our reputation to, to this point, and this is how we'd measure that, and and actually be able to justify it to to the rest of a board. Um, or if we're doing a proactive campaign, where is, is it going to generate leads, and 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 how do we track that? So.
1: And I think once you've got those goals down, and obviously it's very difficult to measure just from um, and one managing uh, our has generated this amount of work because sometimes that might have been a touch that seven more touches down the line yeah. of other things it helps so it's part of a bigger a bigger piece isn't it a bigger strategy yeah. um, but i know one of our goals and you will know uh, from working with us is about um, one perception of the marketplace and for recruitment for staffing so staff can see the part this you know the business that they're part of but it also helps with recruitment retention yeah. and all those things as well so, there are some qualitative measures as well as quantity, quantitative measures. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, so, there are more goals to it as well, aren't there? But Definitely. I think the, um, the big thing that comes through loud and clear to me is own it and manage it. Yeah. And don't bury your head in the sand with it. And I yeah. think it's more dangerous if you're not comfortable doing it, find someone that, that can help you with it. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just pouring fuel on a potential fire.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and to give you that critical evaluation, that's the that I think that that's key. It's somebody being able to to externally look at at you as a business, look at the sector and say this this is sort of how we see it
1: going. So Jess, if we had to kind of um give people some real considerations and some top tips for them to go away and have a think about right now. Yeah. And I know that if people comment, um on LinkedIn or wherever we post this, then you're more than happy to get in touch or send them some yeah. info about what they can do to help yeah. manage through this time and through an infographics and, and other support mechanisms that you've got. But what are those takeaway tips that you'd say to people if you've not done any of these things, this is what you need to do now? Yeah.
0: First of all, I'd talk to your audiences. So your customers um, being key, whoever whoever they are for your sector, really try and understand their, their challenges um, and and make that quantitative if if you can as well. So you've got some data sitting behind that. Um, Again, I think we have an assumption because we're working along uh, that we do really know our our customer audiences, but it's worth an exercise now to understand that. There might even be data and insight within that that becomes the thing that you then say to market. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it can be, as well as being your own intelligence, it can also have strong PR value in itself. continue the focus on internal comms everybody's having a you know a really challenging time within within their own lives and within their own their own working lives Um, and that really comes from strong leadership from from the top and and having that direct line but I think there's a danger that some organizations potentially now think you know we're, we're out of the wood we've looked after our people and and now onwards but i think that that strong internal cons particularly in this um, remote setup is is crucial um if i was going to prioritize again i'm thinking of the kind the kind of clients that that we work with if I was going to prioritize one one area if you could do one one thing externally i do think to prioritize strong thought leadership campaigns um but as I said, making sure that that links back to how it's going to convert to a lead. Um, mm-hmm. Some of that might come from setting up campaigns that involve you talking to your prospects, um, which can be effective as a, as a marketing campaign and, and for profile, but also give you that reason to speak to your, your targets you can as well.
1: You do that as well, can't you, and actually express how difficult times have been and how difficult the business has found it and the steps it's made. And- yeah
0: yeah exactly that and there'll be long-term value in in that as well so it allows you you're not going to have to reassess your strategy every every three months as as things change um another tip that i would give people in terms of consideration right now is to media train your spokespeople um not that every business is expected to be, you know, invited onto a news night, or I don't mean to that extreme, but to have people who can think about podcasts, who could go on as as radio guests,
1: you or mean rather than could... winging it like I do.
0: <laughs> you've, you've had your media training. <laughs> um, it's we actually don't advocate really over media training people when we work with clients it is um, you know we work with experts in their field so we don't want them to be kind of robots that feel like they've just got to trot out a company message but to just get people comfortable with that format and being able to get messages across and respond um, I think that's really key and I think there's a really big opportunity for spokespeople to to be the voice of of their business and and sector as, as we move forward as well and I guess that naturally then takes us into really critically assessing your channels if you haven't already now's the time to try something new um, whether that is podcast video um, it might be that you've you've not um looked at, at PR channels at all previously and you've you've just used your own but I would say try it test it see see how people respond um, because anyone doing something differently now, there's a really good chance they're going to be able to still be de- march on their competitors.
1: Fantastic. So I guess a bit of a shameless plug, Jess, that you can help with all of these things.
0: <laughs> As it happens, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so everybody, thank you for tuning in to Inform All Meets. Thank you, Jess, for joining us and providing these top tips to help people uh, come through. This recession and finding off, not recession, sorry, through the um, virus and finding opportunity in what is going to be a new economy because there will be opportunity. we have just going to make sure that we are all best positioned to do it. Jess, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Uh, and everyone, hopefully, you'll tune into the next one. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the. In-